Welcome to the Perp Web Podcast, hosted by Joe Bosch. Go ahead. Okay, so next presentation, I have three. This is the second one. Oxygenated blood volume measurement by ultrasonometer. Again, methodology, clinical relevance, and pitfalls. There's always something nature fights you always. Okay. Again, if people heard the previous talk, it's same technology. This is the flow measurement. This is the dilution measurement. You inject normal saline. You produce dilution curve. And we already talked about it. I don't want to spend time on it anymore. Okay. In uh, 1998, I introduced new method to measure fiber bond volume in hemodialysis and uh, theory and validation. And uh, at that time, it was very important to see dialyzer clots in, in dialysis because the um, dialyzers were refurbished. They have the same patient used multiple times. So things happening now, I hope they have a single use. But at that time, it was more complicated, so I introduced this theory, and this theory was very simple. So what you do, you put sensor before and after dialyzer, and you inject normal saline. Saline going here, and the larger dialyzer, the longer it is traveling, and show up here. So theoretically, it's a fundamental dilution, the volume that is between injection and recording is flow and mean transit time, how long it takes time. So you can look here. This is the injection curve. This is the curve after dialyzer. It became spread. And you measure this time, multiplying the flow, have a volume. Uh, easy. And dialysis is a slow process. See, it takes uh, 25 seconds to go through. While and the volume is actually 100 mils of dialyzer. In ECMO, it may be 200, but the flow is 10 times larger. The process is very fast, not as easy. Okay. But anyway, I introduced it at that time. So theory, how you can measure volumes. And these volumes we measure also in hemodynamics. If you want to measure volume of heart and lungs, you inject indicator here, record it here. Same thing here. See what's happening. So you, okay. You inject indicator. This is your injection. Zero time. Then it's going, going, going. And again, the larger the volume, the longer it travels. It's obvious. Then you show up here the dilution curve, right? So it's a mean transit time. This is the same formula. What's very important to know? It's a tricky, but it's simple. So if your flow is going down, you decrease the flow. Then it will longer travel. Or vice versa. So the, the, it's all, if your flow is going up, it will travel faster. If the flow is going down, right, then it goes, but the, what, so what's happened is this up, this will down. So it should be theoretically independent from the uh, pump flow. So if you're winning the patient and you go from four liters to two liters, I don't know what will happen with your pressure gradient, but volume should be the same, right? The same volume, didn't go away. Maybe a little bit different, depends how you perfuse. There's also an idea of how this saline perfuses. So it may be a little bit different. We'll talk about this later. So um, there's some differences in oxygenators. And um, uh, we'll talk about this later a little bit. 
but this is the theory, right? So you do injection here, right? And this, I think, is that moving, I think, right? Is it moving? Yes, yeah, see? Mm -hmm. yeah. This indicator is moving, going, 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 this moment of injection, right? And then it show up here. This is your curve. This is your measurement, right? This is your, again, inject same place, and you can measure the volume, right? And uh, again, volume is different between times or zero time, how long you take to travel. Very simple theory. So and is it, I don't mean to interrupt you, but is it measuring sure, both when it first sees it and then how long it takes until it doesn't see it anymore? So, or is it just when you first see it? Yeah, so what's happening here? Yeah, I'll show you. Let me, okay, so this is the moment of your injection, you see? Mm -hmm. And I need to know it, right, somehow, I'll tell you how. And then it travels through oxygen and show up here. So I need to have this time difference. This is what I'm looking for. Okay? And then I multiply it on the pump flow automatically. Okay? You answer the question? It's how long it takes to travel between injection and recording. And it measures volume that in between. Okay? Uh, so it is theoretically measure this volume, oxygenate, and this piece of tubing. So again, I, I don't mean to belabor the point, sure, but sure, I really okay. want everybody that's in the yes, audience to understand it. Yeah. I'm probably the only one in the audience that's not understanding it. Yeah. So go back to your red curve, yes. and I see your line. Yeah, this is the, inje this the, is injection, the injection site, yes, but go to the red curve. Yes. The curve. It's a dilution curve this that's produced right bacterial sensing. Yes. yes, go to this one, yes. and you see the, the vertical line, the yes. solid line. Right. You're, so it's the injection point to there, but yes. what about the part, the part of the curve before and after? What is that relevant to? Anything? Okay. Yeah, of course. Very much. Yes, that's Good what question. I'm trying to understand is why, did you, why are you picking where that right. white line is? Right. So, as always in the oxygenator and in human being, every perfusion organ have fast pass and slow pass. So if this first its appearance have indicated this is a fast pass through oxygenator, saline mm -hmm. go wow. But then there is a pathway and a pathway and a pathway. This is why the curve is not like this, it's spread, right? Same thing is it's a very interesting information here, especially if you do it in organs, right? There is always long pathways, right? And they may wait, may clot actually, you know what? So this the, the, the deviation from the mean really give you how you perfuse, ah, okay. okay? So why you choose this? This is a mathematical calculation. It is a mean transit time. It's average within this time. So okay. it's the mean of the area under the entire curve? It's a double integral of this curve that give you average time of travel. Gotcha. Because you're right. Do you take beginning and where you take it? Yeah. So mathematically, it's somewhere in between, and you need to calculate it by double integrals. Very good. Okay. okay. But a question, because um, we'll come to later about this. Okay. Okay. So how you know that you injected? How do I know? Yeah. This is the raw data of the arterial and venous flow. You see, during injection, you change the flow. So as soon as you do injection in the ECMO, you need to accommodate it. So what will happen? You slow down <coughs> flow from the patient, and you increase flow into the patient. And if I increase the size of it, you can see it. So this is a bump in arterial flow. You push it. 
and this is a venous flow slows down. It takes less from the patient. And I use this kind of signs on the flow curve to get the moment. Okay, and then your dilution curve is here. Okay. Wow. So how do you know? It's incredible. Yeah, that, that is really deep. Yeah, that's so, really deep. But it's it's a it's a trouble also. I'll tell you why. Okay, so and um, this is what I told you. This uh, this is a kind of the curve of noise here. You see, it's um, you know it's like I say five liters flow. Then you see some spike of hundred thirty. Very tiny, practically you know a couple percent. So it's very not easy to to get it right. So, uh, but we need to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And actually, the distribution is in and out tell you where resistance of the patient is, right? If you have a clotted oxygenator, it will slow down more, <laughs> it don't go forward. What is the different story? There's always some fun in all this data. Anyway, so I think we know what's happening here, right? It's clear. And now I'll show you the pitfalls. So if you want to measure something by dilution, not exactly about this particular method, you need to inject fast and smooth. And this is an example, actually, from Italy. So this is a, a measurement of oxygenated blood volume. And this is a flow. See this green thing? It's injection. See this injection? Yeah. It takes like four, five, six seconds, even more. Look at this injection. Bam, then operator say, okay, let me think about it. Oh, I continue. <laughs> you know what? If you want to do measurement this way, I give you the message. Okay? Check sensor positioning or make smooth short injection. You really need to, to kind of watch out, right? So uh, the reason I, I do all these messages is because I don't want the customer to count on it, right? Look, look at this injection, right? Beautiful, nice injection, green line, and you have a good flow, no messages. I say, okay, you know, in some cases, you can do both. In VV ECMO, you can measure circulation and uh, oxygenate volume simultaneously, right? But this is a normal injection. So what I do, I always give a, I analyze the shape, and I give a message. And uh, they need to repeat, have reliable data. And look, these two measurements are consecutive. So if you do kind of funny injection, you have like OXB 128 and 193, not reproducible. This is why I warn you, just want to do fast, nice injection. So may I interrupt for a second? Sure. If I'm looking at the graph, to know I have a good injection, my green line should be prior to my curve, not overlapping, and yeah, it should and be nice. quick. Yeah, and very nice. Yeah. It's Up, a beautiful, very, very beautiful. Right. Yeah. Also, usually, you know, I can't rely on the operator. I don't want him to judge. I tell him a message. I'll analyze this curve. It's too yeah. long, many bumps. Yes. Got out, because this is my responsibility. I have archive of maybe six, seven, maybe more thousand of curves. So I analyze them, I need to give a message. Okay. Okay, because I can't rely, the, the, the operator don't need to think what is good or bad. No, 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 you need to read it. So it will tell you if it's necessary. Exactly, exactly. But just for um, information's sake, the bottom one, good injections look similar to that one. Yeah, you okay. see a nice, beautiful guy. And this is very easy because it's not a patient in, in its uh, oxygenate, you can inject fast. Nothing wrong, you have a five liters flow, mm -hmm. and you inject your speed maybe a couple hundred mils. Mm -hmm. But I need to know, because you know I need to know the time. So we do 20 mls, yeah, we okay. only do adults. Yeah, yeah. you could and do 30, 20, it doesn't matter actually, you know, mm -hmm. you need to have a nice bolus. Okay. So, and that's what we do, we, we start applying pressure to the syringe, you do fast. 
and we as soon as the stopcock is turned, we right. already have pressure. It goes in about yes, about like that. Exactly. Don't yeah. think about something like, nice don't, in your life. Don't hit it. Yeah, don't think about it. Go backwards, then yeah, forward, and backwards, yeah, yeah, then yeah, forward. Or yeah, even yeah. just slow. Remember yeah. when I was learning, I was trying to be so steady yeah. that I was too slow. Right. Yeah. And it will tell you usually because I control it again. You bet, especially in the beginning, just it's a your baseline, then you give you percentage of it. Make it a couple injections, see that they're cool one, then make it, there's a choice to make it as an initial, right? So, right. for example, uh, the operator, let me do this, operator, do this initial, so you have some initial flow, then everything became a percent, right? Mm -hmm. So it's 4% down, a little bit down, mm -hmm. right? Okay. okay. As I mentioned before, it's usually nothing is ideal. You have some piece of tubing before you inject, and the sensor is far from the oxygenator, right? So the, the device don't know. It knows that injection was here, recording here. But there's also maybe tubing volume, pores, prayer. And maybe it's a small, you don't really care. But if you want to eliminate it, you need to put priming volume. So what I do, I, I give a, a kind of option, just put priming volume is subtracted automatically. But what's very important, extremely, this is a standalone device, can be moved from patient to patient. And then you come in next day to the patient and where did I put my sensors? And as soon as you put sensors, fire volume change. So suddenly yourself introduce some errors. Device don't know. I'm sitting in Ithaca, New York. I don't know. Nobody knows, right? So if you want to monitor volume and you have a one device for many patients, you can move it around. You put some tape on the mm -hmm. tubing that you speak all the time. You know, because you put some inconsistency, then mm -hmm. you know, nobody knows. Because we give you a trend, I'll show you. Mm -hmm. That the only trend became as what's happened, why volume gone up. <laughs> yeah. And volume actually can go up. Uh, I can tell you one thing. Oh. What do I absorb? When you have a very fresh oxygenator, you put something, you measure OXBV, 200. Oh, you come in half a day, to 20, to 30, you say, well, it's a miracle. It's going up, should clot, no. What's, I suspect, I think, I, it's very difficult to prove, that in the beginning, which warmed up, this kind of fibers adjust themselves, you know what I mean? And maybe perfusion became a little bit better. But not much, a little bit. So don't be surprised if suddenly it's gone a little bit up. Right? Maybe you can uh, choose this as the initial level. Hmm. It's, it's, you know, if you come to not fresh one, you may not see it. But the very fresh and very beginning, you see main case. Is how it perfused, how it blood flows. <coughs> okay. Um, you can also measure this thing with the uh, with the different flows. So flows may be different. So you really need to kind of choose correctly how to do the measurement, where the sensor is, when the flow is, because kind of be sure that your technology will not fail you. If you do multiple, so the sensor always should be uh, immediately after oxygenator. It's there's an instruction on the screen. Um, some people use bridges, especially in the children. Uh, I just wrote that. I just had that. As so what is it? You just need to choose the right point. You know, if you put it here after bridge, I don't know what you measure. Nobody yeah. knows. If you put it uh, here, I again don't know what you measure, maybe for position. This needs to be immediately after. 
and here is immediately up. This is the correct position. And again, I see it because I see this flow. Venus flow show me one flow, arterial show different flow. They have a different flow. I yeah. see it. I mean, system C. So, this, if you use bridge, put it immediately after oxygenation. Okay. okay. We'll discuss that. Yeah. Okay. Super. Okay. Um, I do some clinical observations, right? It's a trending data. Uh, and uh, the only thing I brought it here that um, you expect it to be independent of the flow. So if you look here, this is the flow they change during, right, it's a PDF, right, PDF. Right? So flow going up and down by different reasons. Look what the XBV, it, doesn't, it didn't know that flow changes mostly, unfortunately, slowly going down, not really reacts on the, uh, on the ECMO flow change. So this is very important. It's not like a pressure going up and down. You expect to be quite reproducible, even for small flows, right? <coughs> yeah. So uh, I'll better come to this, um, yeah, something about tolerance. I already mentioned that small uh, initial kind of measurement may be a little bit larger. And again, you don't, ex when you do multiple measurement every, let's say, day or two times a day depends. Don't expect it to be dead. Maybe 200, maybe it will be 205, or maybe it will be 295. Don't expect it to be dead. Nothing, every technology have a tolerance. What you're looking for, big changes, 10% down. And the two, three percent up and down, you know, not really a big deal. So this is kind of, don't expect something miracle. It's all measurement have a tolerance. And, um, I like to kind of explain you one thing. A, there is a very popular uh, cardiac health device, mm -hmm. and they have a special oxygenator. Unfortunately, fortunately for them, there is only one injection port there, and this injection port located on the oxygenator. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And in strange position. And we find that in the field that sometimes the value that you get is smaller. Then you expect, you expect some primary volume, right? Mm -hmm. So we did a special kind of small research, and then I like to show you things, and we uh, locate arterial sense in the same place, but do injection in different places. Mm -hmm. One is in it, like they have this port, and another is before. They, they, this usually don't exist in the, in the cardiac health, so the perfusionists make it for bench experiment, special injection port. Mm -hmm. And let's see what's happening. It also, you can kind of have a good feeling how we actually measure volume, right? So, the, uh, so this is the injection into the oxygenator. I think also include the pump, mm -hmm. the way they do it, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, no, this one, no, on oxygenator. This may include the pump a little bit. And this is an injection before. So, the saline will go in, you know, and come here. So, like a classic measurement. And this is something in the middle of it, right? Okay, so I need help from the, to, uh, to play the video. Uh, so the, this is injection of dye in saline. So it's just pure observation. See what's happening. This is the injection into this port that is on oxygenator, something kind of not re regular. It's what uh, it provides. See? 
this is how dye moves in mm. perfuses. And I can tell you, it's not really very well perfused everything. It's something oh, in the middle. That? And I this part is it not it's really... Incredible. Don't really see. Let's just... Can let I, just can yeah. I, can I ask next you, would be nice. I want to ask you a question. Yes. Now, you've been studying the human body for a long time, right? Yes, I do. How many things in the human body that you know of that either propel or transport blood are square? Uh, yeah, you're right. How many? No, nothing. Nothing. Okay, go ahead. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> he loves that point, by the okay. way. <laughs> So let's <laughs> let's look again in the second injection compared dye perfusion and pre pump force. Okay, next one. I'll just discuss them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, next one. New new video. New video. Oh, I just had one. I just took one. Oh, we have to get them. So let's take a short break yeah. and let's get them. Yeah, we have to let's get the other Let's go videos. to the screen. We're going to show all of the videos. So let's go to the to the overlay screen. We're going to be back in just one minute. So don't go anywhere. Just stay where you are. We're just going to get a video transported over to one computer versus the other. Or actually, we could just talk. Can we talk while you're doing it? Yes, I just need a, a video. Okay. It's on the, it's on the memory stick? Yes. It's same same file. It's just next, next, next. Same file. How many the are same, there? The same. There three. At least one, two more will be good enough. It's next slide. So we'll do that. So while they're doing that, we can just talk. John, do you have anything you want to uh, to, to ask? Well, I I'm thought gonna... it was fascinating that the oxygenator volume expands three to five percent in a short period of time, a few hours after you go on and start using the device. I don't think anybody has given that much thought. I've never heard of that. Have you? Uh, you know what? This is my hypothesis. I see it quite often. It's going a lot. You know why? I, it's a uh, I, I see it in dialyzers also. In, I in can imagine those fibers are pliable, right. and if Possibly. you apply pressure Possibly. to them, you know they're occupying space. And then you're because we don't use center flow. Now you do in dialyzers, which could expand it out, but we use uh, reverse flow right in our oxygenators, mm -hmm. so it's going around the fiber bundle. And if you have enough pressure, I could see where you could perhaps collapse some of the fiber bundle. And that would increase the space that's available. Maybe. I just don't know. I'm, I, I see it continuously. And this is my own explanation. Maybe some another one. Actually, it's very difficult to measure volume. If, let's say, you want to validate, you put some sail in there, you take it out, you wait. It's very difficult. Yes. When I was yeah. validating this technology, perfusionists injected Vaseline. Vaseline? Yeah. Oh, okay. 10 into mil of the, Vaseline. What, how, it's a, I, into I, the patient? No, no, no. It's no. on the bed. Oh, yeah. sorry. It when you validate. Oxygenator. Oh, okay. Okay. Not here. Sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's <laughs> how they do it. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, um, Joe, yeah, I think under the pressure, you know, it's sitting on the shelf and you start to use it. Now you apply, you know, a couple hundred or more millimeters of mercury of pressure through the oxygenator. I think it, it give it a couple hours. It, it is light, likely it's it's somewhat pliable and it's going to stretch a little bit. Now you have an increased volume. I, I think that's how that's how I would think is mm -hmm. going on. But the other thing I wanted to point out was that uh, Dr. Kavinsky has the company ever thought about? Um, we talked about the way to inject and the proper way to inject. And of course, now <clears throat> you're introducing uh, user error possibly with the with the injection. And you showed how you know you could have very very wide 
results if it's not ingested correctly. It sounds kind of like a trivial question, but has the company ever offered or thought about having a little, you know, automated injection device where you put a 20cc syringe into a device and then it injects it perfectly for you every time? Um, we actually don't have it, but actually the, as soon as the operator knows, it can be easy injected. You know, I'm, I give you exaggeration, people do, but normally, if you teach them right, they do. I'm not really, it may be a little bit wider, longer. It's very, it's, it's, it should be just kind of consistent without up and down. Mm -hmm. um, you want it smooth and quick. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's, yeah. Uh, it's not difficult yeah. to do if you right. just do it a few times. Right. We've got Mike Brown on the phone. Hey, Mike Brown, what's your question, sir? Oh, this is, I've been kind of a crazy morning. I'm, I'm looking at both patients right uh-oh, I think we lost the Dr. Kravitz's uh, talk and everything. Okay. Uh, real quickly, real quickly on this, you know, uh, listening to the first part of it, uh, it seems to me that there's never an absolute good delivery of ECMO blood into the kingdom. There's always some level of uh, recirculation. And hey, Mike, uh, Mike. Thinking and studying, and also, Mike. Yeah. Mike, you need to call in on a, yeah, uh, you, no, you need to call in on a landline phone. You're breaking up a little bit. We, we can't, we only hear okay. every other, every other third word. Okay, let me get on one and I'll give you a call. Right. Thanks, bud. Okay, Thanks, so buddy. let's go forward with, uh, with the, uh, with okay. your video. Now we have this second uh, injection, four liters per minute, and you do injection, so let's do injection. Now we do injection before oxygenator, like a regular between okay. the... Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we'll see what's happening. Okay, this is going ahead, we do injection. See, it's going in. Look, you see how Much it perfumes? Nice, good perfumes. And Much this better. is where you measure, because you need to perfuse everything. Yeah, corner still didn't look that good yeah, today. Yeah, but uh, it was much better than the first. It was, it was much better, better than, than the first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you can go next, if you have next one, we can, mm -hmm. if not, we can move. Yes, let's go to the next one. And this is a four liter, so you increase the pump flow, and uh, a top, uh, now you again inject into oxygenator if uh -huh. it's available. Okay, did we get the next video up as well, Magic? I don't see a play button. Okay, so if not, then what I can talk no, about. We're gonna get, we're going to have it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the videos are. Yes, yeah. there's lots of videos. Lord have mercy. <laughs> How... I don't know. Just he did. Okay. He did. He did. <laughs> okay, so can Okay, I... so we have the somebody on the phone. Yes, Mike Brown. Okay, we'll take Mike while we're doing. Hey, this. Mike. Hey, good morning, everyone. How good are you morning, doing? Mike. Great. Much better. Can Can you hear me good this time? Yes. Very well. Loud and clear. Okay. Uh, quick uh, two-part question here. Um, obviously, with the first part of your. Uh, Presentation, by the way, I'm really, really enjoying it. Very, very informative. Um, it seems that obviously with VV ECMO, as opposed to maybe VA ECMO, that you never get a 100% inlet uh, into the cannula for blood. In other words, there's always some level of recirculation, some percentage. Uh, is that uh, definitely true? And if so, what would be an appropriate level? that we could pretty much get by with and know that any other manipulations uh, would try just to pretty much just chasing our tail and we couldn't get any better. Is that uh, threshold maybe 20% or lower? Um, 
first, I'd like to address uh, the first part of your question. Um, you may have zero stipulation. Many patients, uh, it's, you may have like, uh, let's say you have a cardiac output of, let's say, five liters. Two, three liters should go without any recirculation, zero. And you know, in this device, you look at your screen, you see red line and no blue line. So you can see there's nothing coming back, right? So you may have zero. So ideally, you have zero. When I mentioned 20%, it, uh, I meant that, let's say, you have a good cannula position, and you may go up and up. But as soon as you go close to the cardiac output, you always have recirculation. So what does it mean? If you look at the guidelines of this red book about how to choose your ECMO flow for this patient, they do by weight, by kilo. The way they choose, if you go like 80% of the cardiac output, or like supposedly cardiac output, you may already have small recirculation. If it's more than 20%, according to this animal peak data, it, mean, it may be mean that you're close to the cardiac output or still cannula. But anyway, to answer your question, when they see more than 20%, we need to do, give it a try. No risk. You can do measurement every minute. You move catheter, not helping. And uh, if it's growth, 30 40%, it's never positioning. I mean, unless it's very weird, you'll fix it. As soon as you fix position and you have a 30%, it's definitely cardiac output. It is what data suggests. Oh. Mm -hmm. So right. you can so go to zero, you go to effective flow. Your, yes, your cardiac output's too low. Oh, right, right. You're flowing over your cardiac Check output. Out. Because right. as or, close, you, or close. Or close to it. Because as yeah. you said, yeah. you, you, if, you're, if you're theoretically, if your cardiac output is three and you're flowing five liters with the ECMO, two liters are going to come back no matter what you do. Right, Even that's more. what I mean. So yeah. you're, if you reach that, if you have a 30, 40% and right. your cannula is in the perfect position, right. you need to go down on your ECMO flow because right. you're overflowing. Yeah. And right? again, it's not yes. exactly when they, they before. It starts before, like a 70% of the cardiac apotheology city circulation. Well, yeah. it's not overflowing. No. Even You're small. just recirculating more. In other words, so let me make sure I understand it, because right. I think I do. Right. Mm -hmm. If your cardiac output, let's say, is compromised, depressed, it's 2.5 liters, mm -hmm. and you're flowing 5 liters on your ECMO, you're going to have 50% recirculation mm -hmm. because only two and a half liters of whatever you do is going to go that direction. This is, of course, assuming proper cannula position, right? Okay. If you turn your flow down, you, you will reduce the amount of recirculation, but it doesn't make by a percentage because you're just flowing less but you're not going to increase your effective ECMO flow because your effective ECMO flow is going to be limited by the depressed cardiac output. Okay, well, when I say overflowing, what I mean is you're not providing any more flow to the patient. No more additional benefit. Right, so if you, there's no reason to flow that high because uh, uh, assuming it's, you know, like four liters is where you need to be and you're flowing five, five and a half. There's no reason to have those higher RPMs and require additional volume from your patient if you're not giving additional output. And blood trauma and, and all of those else. things. That's yes. what I mean by overflowing. However, where it becomes a sticky wicket is how you would have to assume that. Right, Mike? You would have to assume you have a depressed cardiac output. You really don't know if you're not measuring the cardiac output. Well, and that's where I start having, we can infer it, but how do you prove it? 
Well, I think he's saying Sorry. if you I'll had give you the L data, yeah, and well, human data. I'm I waiting. With you. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you have the ELSA meter, uh, the monitor, then you're going to be able to see if your cannula is perfect, your recirculation is extremely high. You turn down your flow, your recirculation goes down to an acceptable level. That's a great inference. Yes, you yeah. can infer a lot from that data. And I agree with you. It's an educated you, inference. You're not just guessing. Correct. Yeah. Right. Correct. Yeah. I agree with you. Yes, that's a good way of, like, sort of making make, make sense. But again, it's not a direct measurement, and right. you're going to have to convince people of this. Yeah. And that's when you're right. talking with some of these surgeons and intensivists, Mike, that's kind of hard to convince them of anything. Yeah, because sometimes they just want right. to flow, flow, flow. Yeah, turn the flow right. up. Right, right. That mean. always makes it better. Yeah. Yeah, and you can give two, three saturation units for the cost of extra two liters that you right. don't need. Because the saturation yeah. right. will be the same level. Yeah, you, you know, go up a little bit, then stays a little bit. Absolutely. So, you max out for so sure. Ideally, ideally, with the patient with a normal, competent cardiac output, you want the ECMO flow to be at least 80%. Right. Ideally, right. 80%. so you're not causing any recirculation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think so, Mike, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. The other thing is, I think what Dr. Vinsky is saying is that you can get up to 70, 80% flow on your ECMO, 70 or 80% of the cardiac output, but it sounds like you cannot, you cannot 100% uh, support the patient because if you try to flow exactly the cardiac output, you're going to end up with a 10 or 15 or maybe or so percent recirculation. You can't actually capture 100%. Is that is that true, Dr. So, so what's happening? You, 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 definitely, you, okay. you, you definitely can go, can give more oxygenated blood to the patient than his cardiac output, right? So as soon as you have low cardiac output, you're in trouble anyway, right? right. So for me, it's kind of diagnostic. You just bring you like a machine, see something is not right. See, because we always look for the saturation, but saturation only good if you deliver it. Right? If we good cardiac output, you could deliver. Have a, like 95% saturation, right? But low cardiac output. So what does this 95% do for you if yeah. you don't really supply enough? The no. number of, you know, I think that's what you were yeah, saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You were just saying that, that this yep. is a way to essentially, in our mind, to us prove mm -hmm. that the problem is likely low cardiac output right. syndrome. Right. I think that's the point. Mike, did you have some more comments, sir? Uh, just a little bit of a follow-up, uh, you know, this machine is wonderful. We've been able to uh, use a form of it in the uh, institution that I'm working at today. Uh, for those places, though, that aren't lucky enough to have something like this that they can measure, and we've seen that with uh, COVID, that places that used to do very few ECMOs did many, many more, especially VAs with COVID being around, and those places that did some, uh, their numbers have obviously increased. But without the machines, what are some small clinical signs that we can look at uh, for those folks out there that may not uh, do a lot of ECMO work, uh, we can look at to gauge whether or not we are having a relative amount of recirculation through our cannula. Is your question, is there another device? No, I think he says or if you don't have a device. device. Oh, if just you don't have a device. Some, uh, thing without the, uh, uh, having a device, what are some things that uh, yeah. clinicians uh, can look at to uh, to try to find out whether or not they're having a uh, fair amount of recirculation. Ah. People look usually at the color of the well, blood. I was yes. going to say, you can always, I mean, what I, I before I heard of this device, if yeah. we thought that was going on, we would uh, draw a sample from the uh, uh, venous side coming directly from the patient mm -hmm. and try to get an idea if it was an elevated uh, SVO2. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
but I've been tricked a lot of times by that technique. And I'll tell you why, Mike. That's a very good point because you can, a lot of places, actually have that as a sensor and measure it. And it may be good as trending, but... It's a trender. If, yeah, but if your cardiac output is going up, 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 your research, and you don't know it's super high, and you're only flowing four liters of ECMO, but you have a cardiac output of, of eight liters, and you have limited mm -hmm. to no lung contribution, now you're running into this issue of you have a hyperdynamic low extraction state, mm -hmm. so your SVO2 may in fact go up, mm. but it doesn't necessarily mean that things are really better. And that's right? going to be my next question. Right. Ideally, if you have a hyperdynamic heart, then you do you actually need to increase your ECMO flow to get it to that 80% threshold? Add a cannula. To, to meet? Yeah, you need to add. Right? Sometimes you have to the add a cannula, and that's what these things, I think, do. I, wanted to, we, I do have some questions about the bridge. Mike, did we answer that question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I was uh, low, uh, throwing it in there based upon things we looked at, and, and Tammy uh, alluded to that. You can also look at the actual cannula itself, yeah. and you can see the turbulence in there. Sometimes that, uh, you, can, you can tell a little bit by that. You can tell by the relative colors of the APO2 difference between the lines. If, it, if they're both, uh, you know, uh, low, you've got a real bad problem. If they're both high, you probably got a recirculation in there. Those are just some other little things that we looked at to try to ascertain that without having a monitor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you think yeah, of that? Um, you may as well the SVO2 on the cardio help is measuring the SVO2 of the line coming back. That tells you, you know, I guess you probably already knew that, Mike, but the, uh, the SVO2 on the cardio help line is not an SVO2 of the patient. It's an SVO2 of the patient mixed with how much mixing you have right there going on in your well, I, I think that's his so point. So you don't have to compare that with the actual venous blood gas that Tammy was mentioning to compare the two. It's well, complicated, but not, yeah, it's not well, complicated, actually, you have to go through those. That's what I was actually leading up to, is you draw a blood gas from the line mm -hmm. coming back on the venous side, mm -hmm. and then you draw one from the patient, and you can compare the two as well. Where do you draw it from? Okay. You have, you, uh, what do you mean? Uh, Where do you draw your venous uh, line, uh, your venous uh, flow pre, from? Pre-oxygenated. No, no, but you draw it there, but then you want to draw it from the patient. From where? Pulmonary artery, right atrium? Uh, yes, higher than the cannula site, where are you going to pull it from? Well, you can you stick them, and yeah. you pull stick it from where? Well, in the right side. <laughs> okay. okay, I don't, well, don't want to get stuck. Yeah. Okay, let's yeah. go. We're I gonna, we have more videos. In my third lecture, I'll talk about this. Mike, okay. we're going to spin okay. the wheel for you after okay. Dr. Kravitsky, because you called in and had some great comments and questions. So you're going to be the first on the spin what of the wheel. You no, he only complimented our program. That wasn't. Oh, that's, not, that's not good enough. Kip, I'm sorry. call back Kip. with a question. I love you, Kip, yeah, but Kip. no, that ain't gonna fly. <laughs> it's Mike Brown. Mike, just make sure you stay tuned in. You find out what you win. Okay. Okay. So let's do. I'm, just glad, I'm just glad my my questions created a lot of good discussion up there. That's what I was hoping it would do. It Thank sure did. You. Thank Thanks, you. Mike. Okay, son. I already forget what's all about. Uh, we'll see. But now it's injection into the oxygenator. Let's do. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Thank, Thank you, Mike. Great job and a great program. And this you is Ed, Ed Darling from uh, Syracuse University Medical Center. Perfusionist, Ed Darling. Controlling stuff. Yeah. See? You don't perfuse well. Yeah. No. This is the problem with uh, cardiac health. If you do injection in the port, I, we can't guarantee 
If you have a clot in this place, you'll find out, of course. But clots happen there. So this is why it's a limitation of technology. Mm -hmm. And uh, what is it? Is it next one? I think it's all you mean. The same. Okay, yeah. You do have next one, let's go to next one. If not, and, and it is mainly just because... Yeah. And I will do it only last one. This is with the blood. And again, injection. In. Blood is a little bit different, more viscous. So certainly not exactly represent, see? see? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. And then uh, I think we're already done, I think. Uh, yeah. And this can is you just... Can yeah. you explain exactly what we're, what's going on there? I'm not sure I, I caught why, why, is that, why is that flow pattern happening like that? So let me answer the question. Now I'll go with my, I think it's good enough. Uh, uh, I think we'll enjoy So this is a graph. Can I put my graph there? Uh, on my screen. Can oh, I... yeah. Oh, do we need to reshare? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There we go. Super. So, so what's happening? We have from the field information that um, when they use this cardio health device, the volume of oxygenator is smaller than uh, should be, right? So we did this experiment to find out. So if you look here, this is the OXBV volume. Mm -hmm. This is a different flows, right? It is a bench study. So what we see that if you inject into oxygenate, it's only about cardiac health, right? Mm -hmm. So we see that uh, the 150 mil priming volume we see, while if you inject before, it's and also the pump. This pump will be included. So the actual volume is there. So this is a limitation of this technology, but the reason I brought it, so we, we, can, uh, we can do volume measurement, but they need to be different injection ports. I just also want to show you how it's perfused, how things are not as easy and complicated, mm -hmm. what we measure. So can you go back to that? Because I just got a question online. Somebody said, okay, I didn't see where that injection was. Please try to explain this yep. again. Yes, sure. and because I don't want people to believe that, that that's just the flow pattern of that oxygenator. They need yes. to understand when you're yes. using your technology, the right. ELSA meter, that you don't want to inject it directly into the cardio help. So right. let's make sure we explain it well. So this is a, a two place to inject, right? So this is the one, this is the port on oxygenator, just there already exists. It's yes, already exists. available with this oxygenator style. Yes. Here we put a special piece of tubing and make injection before oxygenator will come. You put, a, you put a, 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 a 3838. Right lower lock right. connector and a pigtail. Right. Pig right. Yeah. And we compare them. So if you inject directly, you see not very nice perfusion of all oxygenate, only central part. Let's show it again. So do, do each one of those videos again. So show the first video again. Okay. Mm, try to play it. So tap, tap the screen for them and try to play it. I don't there think it's going to play. Yeah. Try it. It's still right. we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it's showing like it's playing something, but nothing's happening. It's not playing. Can you just no. play the video? No. Okay. Leave that alone. Okay. Stop. Please. Please stop. Thank you. Oh, sorry. No, you're okay. You didn't yeah, do yeah. anything wrong. Okay. David's got it. Yeah. Okay. The very first one. Okay. Okay. So, so here injection done into oxygenator. So this is the port that exists on the oxygenator itself, Cardiac not a connector. Right. 
So you ideally like to see perfusion of all oxygenated. Yes. No, you only central area. And again, that's right. And the differentiator here again is that it that's not in that that connector you put that's directly into the oxygenator. This has nothing to do with the oxygenator being bad. Yeah. That's not its normal flow characteristics. It's just because where the injection Location, was. The so when you're doing your technology, you're cautioning people not exactly. to do it this way. Okay. Right, because it doesn't have a complete right. pathway through Correct. the oxygen. Right. Right. Now let's go to the next you're one. You're post-pump pre-membrane by doing that. You're post-pump pre-membrane? Well, right. You, it's right Between into the, the, and the membrane by doing that. That's a high-pressure port yeah. that, that's at the yeah. top right. of that oxygenator. That's mm -hmm. a very high, that's pre-membrane mm -hmm. brain. So you didn't, you didn't go through the centrifugal pump at all. Uh, you went after the centrifugal pump Correct. and then into the membrane. So yes. that's Correct. the yeah. junction there between yeah. the yes. pump and the membrane is where it's going right. in. Yes. Yeah. Second now, injection now. Can you, can you play? Now we do injection like a normally, uh, but here in the construction also before pump and before oxygenator. Mm. So this is only location. So we artificially put this location, right? So now we do injection. And, then you and now we see how it will perfuse. A now, much a different flow yeah. pattern. Well, so and as soon as you, you can only measure what you perfuse. Right. 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 So, so that would give you very abnormal outcomes. This is the normal. First way. This will give you ones that but are But you valid. need to account for the uh, full, the pump, the yeah, volume the of the pump. The yeah. maybe 20 mils. Mm, okay. Yeah. It's the amount of volume between your injection port and the oxygen. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So let's go to the next video. And I think we showed this one, then the blood video. This is, well, let's do this one again. So this is directly into the port again. Yes. Again, top of the oxygenator, not the line preceding it. Right. And we played around with the flow. So and you'll see the same see. thing. So that has a higher flow? Yeah. 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 High flow even more, kind of, because a low flow give a chance to Yeah, it, it, it almost narrowed it more. Homogenize a little yeah. more. And mm -hmm. then the next one? And that's the blood one. Yeah, and the blood is a little bit difficult to see, mm -hmm. so this is why. And again, you're doing the dye directly in, in into direct, the oxygenator. Yeah. You can see all well, again. Oh, yeah, see, see, see dark. Yeah. 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 And then we have one more, I think. Right, I think so. And this is, this is uh, in the, uh, in this, again into the top. Yeah, but it's a, we, we changed we change the, the, I think, the flow. Change the flow. Right. Okay. It's a little bit thing. more spread because oh, the flow is smaller. Uh, oh, you see much better. You lower yeah. the flow. Yes. So this is why you, you don't really like it because you should be independent on flow. So this is what the consequence of injection in, in kind of special pathway. Understood. Okay. So this is a limitation of this technique for this. Got it. Do you have any other videos? Uh, I think we're done. Yeah. You're done with the video? Okay. Okay. So now we'll go back to you. There okay. You one more thing there, guys. Can I say one more thing? That, that port on that oxygenator that where he's doing that, that's supposed to only be an air evacuation, an air removal port. So that's where air would collect. If you got some air in the system, it would collect at the top of the back of the oxygenator. Mm -hmm. And that's an air removal port. Like so it doesn't wish. work well as an injection. Right. Well, exactly. that very well. Yeah, exactly. yeah, in this particular type of oxygenator, John, that's what it does. In our system, we have a centrifugal pump. Then we have a line that goes to the oxygenator. So it's not integrated. Just like if you were using the um, the uh, Quadrox oxygenator with a separate pump, and we inject in that line between the pump head and the oxygenator about 20 cc's of volume separating the two. So well, it does exactly the same thing, I, I, but it's high pressure as well. And, but it's also important to note 
that because you're not supposed to cut anywhere into the cardio right. help, it would be nice if that port that was available had, you know, was, had a uh, clear path or good diffusion so that you don't have to alter the, the, um, the, circuit, yes. the circuit. But the, his point is it does not. Yes. So you have to, if you want to use this and have an accurate measurement, you have right. to alter the circuit by putting the connector yeah. in pre pump oxygenator. And I'm working now to, to solve the problem. Yeah. But it's not, not, not in radio device. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. How to solve the problem without intervening with the mm. great cardiac help device. Mm -hmm. Very good. Okay. Okay. So, uh, two more slides and we're done with this topic. <clears throat> I just like to give you an example of this, uh, how people use it. This is a 18 days observation of the oxygenator clotting process. Like, so what we see here, um, this is okay. so I mean, you see some time is going up and down, it's like a within 5%, don't really worry about it, you know. But then on the, like I think, uh, maybe I have comments here, right? So this is the same thing with some comment, uh, commentary. So you see, everything quite stable, for the first few days. And then in this patient, immediate, guess what, in one day it clotted dramatically, yeah. like mm. a, um, 70 mils of 250. Wow. So this how happened, right? And I don't know what they were doing there, maybe they, uh, you know, changed something, maybe heparin, I don't know. But for some days, again, for at least um, one, two, three, four days, five days, it was stable, okay? And then it starts slow going down. So what I want to say here, see, it's all depend on this the oxygenator will clot, no doubt, it's going down. The question is <clears throat> how many days patients should stay on that? Well, maybe they plan to win him like next day. They can take a chance, not change anything, right? Mm -hmm. But if you plan to do three, five days, you know, four days, then you better change now. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying, there's no really guidelines for this technology as if it's 30% drop, you change. I just don't know, but it's only one logic, see how the process is going, right? And I see the process sometimes next day, it's a big cloud there. And sometimes it's going down slowly, like in this, in the end. So it's all kind of personal decision. Maybe it's not enough data for these things, how to make decision, but um, this type is easy. If you have a like neck tomorrow, you win the patient, say, okay, maybe I'll, but if a couple of days, you know, so this is how uh, it can the data can be used for now. Mm -hmm. And because of this, you're measuring oxygenated blood volume, and right. because it can't be filled with the only, it's not going to be popcorn or styrofoam. The only thing that's going to occupy that space is going to be clot. Exactly. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt. Mm -hmm. Okay. So again, it's my, this is my second lecture finished.